A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down. In the most delightful way. <laughs> I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> It's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. Let's do it. Right now, we're doing it. Fucking right. We're online. Make sure there's no Simon Keen spies. They got hackers, right? They hack into people's computers. They're, I'm actually impressed with some of their skills that I've been seeing. They, he has one of his little fanboys doing photoshops for him. He's finally figuring it out. But you know, as I stated on one of his uh, one of his posts, there, I'm actually really surprised he even knows how to use computers. <laughs> so am I. Uh, we did have an interesting time yesterday with a Simon Keen fanboy. Yeah. Yeah, which one was that? Was that a Dylan Carmen fanboy? He's kind of both. I don't know. He's a he's he's not a boogeyman fanboy. That's what happened. No, well, we had to shut him down. Well, he came into our gym and he tried to poach me. Oh Jesus! And then he denied it. And then like he, I I find it really funny because I just got into like, a Twitter beef. Like pretty much half my day I spent beefing on the internet, Uh-oh. on social media, and so like I enjoy it because I don't. Well, I, that's not true. I don't specifically talk shit to anyone for no reason but a lot of people do it for me do it to me and they'll start talking trash and then i'll get the better of them in the trash talking exchange and they'll be like you have no class i'm like well technically no but realistically you started a trash talking thing i just got the better of you and now you're quitting that makes you a quitter which is worse than having no class yeah so i didn't see this twitter beef was that today yeah like I had the tiger. They get they get on there. So you know, I had to pull, I had to pull some strings because I was like, look, they're like, why won't you accept this fight? I was like, well, because you idiots always call me about five weeks out when you know I've already signed to do another fight, and then call me out. And it's like, you know what? I need a month just to get my sparring lined up because the Simon Keen fight is a serious fight. He's numero uno in Canada. He's a world champ. Mm-hmm. He's the same size. He's in shape. He was uh, an Olympic. Uh, he made it to the Olympics, did he not? And he got knocked out, but still, he still made it there. So I got to take that fight seriously. And, you know, like, if I don't take it seriously, I knock him out in six and I'll be tired. But if I take it seriously, I knock him out in one or two. Yeah. And so it's like, I want to take it seriously. And they know I'm going to refuse it because they know I'm signed with someone else. And so, like, people go on there, like, oh, you're running, you're scared. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, really? And so, you know, I kind of shut it down, right? I kind of, I'd let Eye of the Tiger know. I said, look, I said, you guys need more than a month to promote this fight. I said, maybe all the fanboys of Quebec have heard about it. But I go, the rest of Canada needs to to hear about it. And I go, I actually believe that I'm doing a better job of promoting on the fight than you guys. So I named myself the Al Heyman and Golden Boy combined of Canada. And that's like I feel. And then I told them they're fired. And then I tagged Trump in it because me and Trump are tight like that. Nice. And he gets involved in my... Because he understands the internet beefs. Yes. So, yeah. so I will I, I will put a forewarning out there to everybody. We do know how to use Google. 
Correct. And it is a weapon. Yeah, so when somebody starts claiming about their their fantasy delusional life of boxing with the best and this and that, and then you look them up and no results come up, and so you got to dig a little deeper and you find out they're one, one, and one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And when you try to legitimize your boxing career on a draw, you should probably go back to bed. Well, and here's the thing too, right? Like records and all that stuff don't really mean that much to me because, you know, some of the best trainers and some of the people who know a lot about boxing, you know, you got Emmanuel Stewart never had a pro fight. He had lots of amateur fights. Yeah. But, you know, you look at Emmanuel Stewart, it's like, okay, like who has he trained and got past 5-0? and oh. There's <laughs> a huge list there of excellent fighters he's worked with. So when Emmanuel Stewart was alive and he spoke, you have to respect it. When mm-hmm. somebody just starts piping off about stuff they got no business talking about, they have no involvement, they haven't trained anyone. They have no experience other than the fact that 20 years ago they were in a gym sparring with some guys. Yeah. You, know, it, 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 you can't take it seriously. And if you're going to pipe up and say negative stuff, and I say negative stuff back, and then all of a sudden you're saying that, like, I'm somehow, like, have no class, like, I don't present myself as having a lot of class. I don't know why people think that I have class. <laughs> like, I, do I present myself that way? I fucking wear an Uncle Ron hat and post half-dude selfies all the time. You know what I mean? Like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) So this whole beef yesterday on the Facebook started with a hilarious post. (laughs) Jimmy Darbers, I actually know Jimmy pretty good. He's hilarious. He's actually, he's really big into the whole costume thing. He actually dressed up as Miley Cyrus on the wrecking ball naked with just some Timberlands on last year. I don't know how he did it, but there is a picture of him. And if you send him a message, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you. He's crazy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, the whole thing started with a hilarious post about this guy dressing up as Simon Keen for Halloween. Yeah, he had the two paw prints on the chest. He had the banana hammock, and then he had the full grizzly headgear on there. Listen, I'll say one thing, though. None of this stuff would happen if it if people didn't notice, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, people, I think it's great. I think I was having this conversation actually yesterday with Mel. I said, you know what, Mel? I said, this is fun. I said, when, like, we obviously, we don't have a massive following. Not all of Canada is talking about us, but at least people Uh-oh. We, lo- we just lost the boogeyman. No. He must be going through fucking Duncan or something. Yeah, we're pretty close to Duncan. That's where we are. <laughs> no, you're like... You guys are doing big... No, we're cutting out still? Uh, Hello? Keep talking. I think you're good now. Okay, so yeah. So we, we have excellent boxers. We got Adonis Stevenson, John Pascal, Steve Claggett. Legitimate world champions, but you know the rest of Canada isn't really talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know the last time heavyweight boxing was talked about a lot in Canada was Ken Lacusta, and you know him fighting George Foreman. And really, I just want people to enjoy the hard work that all of us fighters are putting in. You know, you got guys like Ryan Ford grinding every day, and people like to come out and they, they want to recognize that dedication. They want to see skill. They want to see hype. They want to become invested. Mm-hmm. And so really that's what the, all this is about. So when people chime in and start giving their two cents on it negatively, it's kind of like, uh, you know, like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> We're going to call you on your BS yeah, immediately. 100%. 
that's what makes my day though like i love it i like people can send me nice things all day long and that's great but i love it when somebody will say something mean to me because then i get to be mean yeah and then i love how I, as soon as i type one thing you're there immediately <laughs> following it up with some sort of like evidence that like you've been you've been monitoring it and then some evidence showing like people will probably actually think we're in the same room oh uh, yeah and i love it I was like, I'll let it go to a certain extent, but then I know when it's just pure bullshit. I, yeah. I got, I got to do something. Well, yeah, and it's just like people, people are weird, right? Somebody will come off, they'll say something negative. Like somebody went on Twitter and was like, "Are you all? You're all talk, Adam. Talk, talk, talk." And did like an Arnold Schwarzenegger meme <laughs> and like said something weird. And then like I was like, "Who are you?" I was like, "You have like a hundred followers, you know, on 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 Twitter." That you don't even have a picture, so you're unidentifiable. It's not your real name. I said either you're the receptionist at Eye of the Tiger Management, or you're a Simon Keene fanboy. And that's a sophisticated operation like that. I think we just did bad cell service. Yeah, so Simon Keene hacked the phone probably, or it was that guy from yesterday. Who knows? It's definitely the guy from yesterday. He seemed like a genius. So apparently Duncan has bad cell service. That's all good, though. Yeah, they only have one cell tower, I think, for the entire population of Duncan. <laughs> so, one cell tower. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. We're trying to talk to you while you're on the road to do some work, obviously. Yeah, you know, Rich likes to trick me. I, I went up last night thinking we were switching to uh, Tuesday and Thursday this week, and then uh, he finished murdering me on a workout. I was driving, driving home, and uh, he was like, yeah, got my days mixed up. I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, what? What? Yeah, we're back. We're driving back now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get a new vehicle yet? No, not yet. Uh, I got to go over to the mainland. I got to check out a couple of vehicles this week. I borrowed my roommate's truck right now. It's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, it's safer. Yeah. It doesn't wobble when I drive. Oh. So what kind yeah. of vehicle are you looking into getting? Um, to be honest with you, i just looking for something feel if it, maybe a Nissan Rogue or something like that. Something okay. not too fancy, you know. I'm not one of these guys, you know, I can obviously afford the Bentleys and the Rolls Royces and the Maseratis, but I choose to drive something affordable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're looking for an yeah. SUV type thing though, right? Yeah, economical. Because I'm always on the road, right? Like right. half the day I'm driving around, going here, meeting with people, training. Uh, you know, I've been in the gym a little bit more uh, lately, so I haven't had to rip around as much. But, uh, yeah, I definitely need a car to get me up island. 100%. How are the fight for the cause people doing? They're doing great. They're starting to spar hard. I'm starting to see some progress there. And it's it's funny because, uh, like, some people that you would never expect, like we, we have, like, all kinds of different people, right, bankers, uh, high school teachers, this and that. And some of the people that you never expect, like the softest, most meekest people are like actually very good at sparring and they hit and they beat up the other people that who I thought were tougher who've been training for longer. Yeah. Well, yeah, they just don't take it. Some people just have it in them. Some people don't. I'm going to keep checking in on them until the, until when they fight. Cause I'm very interested in it. Yeah. I would like to do, I think, uh, my friend Lee, uh, does a little video documentary on all of them. Okay. And so I'll try to get, I'll try to get you a copy of that. It's probably, well, when they, whenever they release it, like they do like a little, a little story on all of them. And he's actually an award-winning photographer. He does a lot of my stuff and like little movies and stuff for Alexi. We're not talking to Alexi right now. I'm uh -oh. beefing with Alexi. You know what? I'm going to call Alexi out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Alexi Argirio is trying to tell me that his karate slash kafu slash capoeira fighting technique is superior to boxing, and I won't have any part of it. So we're not talking right now. It's obviously a lie. Yeah, I think I'm going to block him on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So on Tuesday, we, uh, well, I talked to uh, Milad and Milgis. He came on the podcast. Oh, cool. How was that? Fantastic. What a nice guy. Yeah, very nice guy. Very polite young man. You did come up in the conversation. What did you say? Well, we were talking about Dylan Carmen. Like, it was just basically an hour of us crapping on Dylan Carmen. Nice. I got to <laughs> listen to that one. <laughs> and uh, and I, I had brought you up because obviously we were trying to campaign for you to get a title shot against Dylan, but that's never going to happen. No. And then, so Mulatton's obviously going to knock Dylan out. And then yeah. we have a new Canadian champion. And I feel yeah. that he's probably a guy that will defend the belt. Oh, yeah. I he's going to fight all the time. Yeah. So I asked him about <laughs> fighting you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, was, he said that you, out of all the heavyweights in Canada, he respects you the most. It didn't sound like he's very interested in throwing down with you. But it, he said, if it if it comes around to that, it it could happen. Yeah, I feel the same way. Because honestly, I like Maladin, and he's one of the guys that I respect a lot. And it's not a fight I would go looking for by no. any means, you know. But if it comes down to it, where we have to, I was kind of hoping his career would move a little bit behind mine. So we do have a good relationship. I would like to train with him. Huge respect for him. And you know, like obviously, I think he's the most dangerous heavyweight in Canada. Me and him, to be honest with you, I was just seeing him fight and seeing what he's capable of. So, you know, I think there's big things for him to come. And, you know, maybe our careers are one parallel. Maybe they'll go in different directions. Who knows? And, you know, I know this. I know this about Milan for sure. If we had to fight, he would fight. <laughs> he would try to rip my head off. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, like, he's going after the NCC belt. Uh, the CPBC belt is still up. And Raymond Audible Wally, he's got that. But he's like 109. And he, yeah, he, he should, needs to give that up, I think. He should give that up. I think that you and somebody else should fight for that title, and then you win that title, and then Monster Mel has the NCC title, and then we have like the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan that are just running <laughs> running wild in Canada. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and hey, sorry to get off track for a second. <laughs> Speaking of calling out, so Simon, okay, do you remember after uh, my fight in June there, where I said I would fight Dylan Carmen and Simon Keenan one night. Yes. Simon came out and stole my material and said he would fight me and Dylan Carmen in one night. I didn't realize it because he made this weird picture and said he was having me for lunch. <laughs> and it was a bre- it was a breakfast plate and he calls me ham and bacon. I think there's some weird... I try not to like get too much into it because obviously uh, Quebec people have a different sense of humor and a lot of the translations don't come across very well and i'm sure if i tried to speak french i would sound completely ridiculous but actually i tried and i know i sound ridiculous but so try not to get into it too much but i was really trying to understand he called me ham and bacon and he said he was having me for lunch but really it was breakfast and my photo was not neither on the ham nor the bacon it was on the egg and so i want some clarification of why well I could probably clarify that for you right now, that brilliance is not radiating off of Simon Keane. No, I think he uses coloring books on a daily basis. Like When he tries to draw with crayons, he breaks them. 
Yeah. But that's just yeah, the, that's standard. That's the, that's the kind of guy he is. Um, Correct. I, di- I did see that meme, and it was so stupid that I didn't even bother commenting on it. No, well, he doesn't have the same Photoshop skills as us. Like, we have a Photoshop artist. I would, would we refer to them as an artist? I, I would guess so, yeah. Yeah, so we have, we have a Photoshop artist, like, on standby that just creates memes after meme after meme after meme. So this huge database of, you know, professionally made Photoshops that we can just post at any time. Yeah. Now, do you have a stockpile of these still? I believe I do. You know, every so often I kind of got to go through my phone and start deleting some. I know I have all the ones that this particular artist has made for the most part. (laughs) Um, We used a lot of them, I think, in the past. And, uh, yeah. Hey, memes are always handy to have. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into those. Uh, I did see an interesting post on on your Instagram today. Something about uh, yeah. Rocky 78 or Creed 3 or something like that? Yeah, you know, I like to make stuff up all the time, and people believe it. And <laughs> I felt kind of bad because people actually believed that I was going to be in the movie, and I was like, oh, crap, like, that's not really what I, I wanted people to think about it for a second and then uh, realize that, you know, I'm an idiot. And I like to make stuff up. Because <laughs> the post on Instagram had said, sorry, guys, I'm out of the fight. I got to go film Rocky 98. Yes. And then yeah, I so figured... I, I'm the next Ivan Drago. <laughs> I wish. But we'll see. And I love how the person who made that actually made a flat top out of my hair. It was fucking unbelievable. I seen that. It was amazing. Yeah, I was like, wow. He really like paid attention to the details. I enjoyed that meme. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. There's more. I have a whole bunch of stuff. I got some material. I just I can't wait to release it. You know, it's just it's all about timing. Correct. Timing is key. Yeah. So um, we're growing. We're growing with followers. We're growing. You know, I try to keep giving the people what they want. Are the Russian people still behind you? you uh, you know, not a lot of noise out of Russia. Stop. They still follow and like. Uh, I think they're really disappointed. I'm not there right now. That's a. You know, I think there was a, a hope that I would be in Russia by now. I haven't made it happen, so I think they're kind of like Russia is known for boycotting certain things, and I think this is. You know they're they're not boycotting the uh, the boogeyman per se, but they're definitely putting sanctions mm-hmm. on their participation level. So we but we can fire that up at any time. We can make peace. I can call Putin and we'll make it happen. That's a correct assessment, I believe. Thank you. I, I sent you a terrifying photo yesterday of the boogie child. Yeah, what's going on with the boogie child? Is she, is she working in a haunted house now or something? That was terrifying. <laughs> she's just out for Halloween, but she won't dress up as like a princess or something like that. She's got to be something terrifying. That's not the boogie child's, you know, jam. Like she wants to scare people. She she was very like because at school they're not allowed to put blood on or anything like that because you scare the kindergarten kids, pussies. That's horrible. Yeah, horrible. So horrible she's, idea. She's, she's very soft. Yeah, soft. Like soft as a tootsie roll pudding pop. Yes. Agreed. So she was very upset that she couldn't wear a costume to school because it had blood on it and stuff like that. So we went, we went hard for the evening and went out and got candy. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So she had a good time. She was very excited. And uh, she, she well, had I'm, to, pumped. I'm pumped for the boogie child. Well, the, the boogie child's very hyper. <laughs> but don't give her too much candy. You gotta give her fruit and veggies to calm her down. Well, th- this evening we're going to have, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this on you. 
We're going to have chicken breast stuffed with cottage cheese and asparagus. Ooh, ooh. Green beans. Yeah. The boogie child's going to have jasmine rice. That sounds delicious. That's what we're having for dinner tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Very nice. Well, I can't wait to come over for dinner. The Hey, the invitation's always there. It's a very long drive, Thanks, though. man. Very long Appreciate drive. Appreciate it. That's all right. Well, I'll probably fly in. I would, I would pick you up from the airport. That's sweet. Thank you. So, we do have fights going on in Saskatoon November 25th. Okay, who are we looking at? So, Mark Hiley Wetterburn is going to be fighting the number five cruiserweight in Canada, which is a very interesting fight for myself. Yeah. Um, Gary Kopas, who is also a cruiserweight, is also going to be fighting for the international CPBC title. Oh, wow. So, that's also a very interesting fight for me. And uh, it's a fairly big card. It's going to be in Saskatoon at the the whatever the arena is there where a hockey team plays. It's a big arena, though. That's awesome. When is that? November 25th. Oh, wow. I so, wish I was on my cards. Oh, actually, no, I was too soon to the other fight. We already did that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, in between November 25th and December 8th, there's a lot of fights going on in there. Like, because the first is Mulotin. Yeah, he's going to be stomping out Dylan Carmen December first. Then we've got yeah. the, then we've got obviously you, Ryan Ford, whoever the hell else is going to be on that KO boxing card on the eighth. Yeah, that's going to be a good card, I believe. From what it's I, it's going to be a huge card. You know, uh, Ford will be on there. I know he's training hard right, right now. Uh, I'll be on there. I'm sure Eric Taylor will be on there. Stan, Sir Max. Stan's actually, I think, fighting the guy that I fought. We talked about that. And Correct. then uh, uh, there'll be all all the regulars, man. I know the Santoro boys will be on there. They're always hyping, uh, hyping shit up. So, so one of the Santoro boys is going to be fighting an MMA fighter that got beat up by Keegan Oliver in a boxing fight, and I believe his name is Joel Moron. Wow, that's an interesting name. Correct. And then uh, Moron. the other the other Santoro boy is going to be fighting the guy that lost to Patrick Lafleur in Patrick's first fight with KO. Okay. Oh, okay. So it'll be interesting fights. <coughs> nice. And then we're all obviously we're obviously you have an opponent, I believe, already. Southpaw. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. I'm not 100%. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but uh, we're waiting to hear back. But we'll see you anyway December 8th. Yes, you will. I'll be there. That's going to 100% happen. The real deal, I know mm-hmm. he's looking for something a little bit earlier before December 8th. So Yeah. So uh, I, hate, I hate to say uh, hopefully he doesn't get it because I'd like to see him fight December 8th anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to to be on the same show as Ryan. You know, it's always fun. He's an exciting fighter, and I think Edmonton uh, is going to get a really good show. Yeah. Well, we'll get you out of oh, here. Yeah. Thank all everybody that helps you. Thank your sponsors and shit. Want to thank Angry Health Bar, Reflex Supplements. Uh, I want to thank TCF Construction. I want to thank Game Ready Fitness, West Shore Training Academy, uh, Elite Sports Management, and. Who else? Not sure yet. Uh, I'll, I'll get it down. One of these, one of these days, I'm just going to tape a card to the front of my car of all my sponsors. <laughs> and also, <sighs> if you want to buy any of the Uncle Ron or Boogeyman stuff, go over to www.uncleron.ca. 100%. That's 10 Minutes with the Boogeyman.
This is Jelena Marjanovic, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. All right, guys, welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Today on the show, we've got the new IBF North American champion, Steve the Dragon Claggett. What's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I like I like the sounds of that title because there's not too much to it. You know, <laughs> IBF North American. Usually there's like the other one I had. It was like all these letters and just kind of makes it... Seem a little unofficial, but this one nice and clean. Yeah. And what was the other one? It's the WBA NABA USA. USA. Yeah. Oh, by the way, so I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying there's a lot of belts out there. Well, let's jump right into the fight then, Steve. What a fantastic fight! Yeah, it was a battle. That's for sure. What a, what a tough fight. Like Ulysses is a tough guy. He had a different game plan than I expected, actually, where he's riding the ropes a lot. You didn't give him much opportunity to get off. Yeah, I mean, we were working on cutting the ring off, and um, I figured that he was going to run quite a bit more, but he actually stuck in there and, like, fighting up close, and we were in, like, pretty personal the whole fight, which is always interesting. Um I would have liked a little call on the headbutts, but what can you do? There was a lot of headbutting going on, especially on the Ulysses' side. He was leading in the in the pocket with his head a lot, especially in that three to four inch range. He was really like coming forward with his head while your hands were up. Um, there, there is a gentleman named Manny Montreal that's been hating on you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he has been messaging me, sending me. Like all sorts of stuff, and but then like he posts a bunch of stuff, but then he sends me like, oh, didn't mean to be disrespectful or this and that, and I can see it. I'm like, I can see you on all social media is like knocking me, calling me all this and that, but I don't, you know, what are you gonna do? Who cares? Uh, oh, that's not the guy that. Never mind, that was somebody else. I thought that was the guy that made the meme Tanner, but no, that's a different guy. That's a that's a Simon Keen fan. Never mind. Yeah, I got beefs going on with a lot of people right now, so it's hard to keep them straight. Yeah, I mean, online beefs, they're they're plentiful. There's lots of those out there, but <laughs> I mean, it's, here yeah, here I'm, at just say whatever. Here at the Spice of Life podcast, Tanner likes to keep it locked down for all of our boys in Western Canada that we support. So he's he's on social media trolling the trolls for 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 all of us guys out, out there that that need that help. So he's got your back. <laughs> Thanks, bud. I I did just put out a video. Who did? I did. did? Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So it, it was a rebuttal to Manny Montreal's ridiculous video of him like scoring the fight eight rounds to two. Yeah, I mean, eight rounds to two is kind of. Re- I scored it for myself uh, six to four, and I thought that was pretty reasonable, um, just because push the pace. I made him fight my fight. It was kind of like in close. 
Um, I thought I won the early rounds, and then he came in strong in the middle rounds, and then I thought I finished stronger than him as well. So it, we went back and forth in the middle, but I still had a 6-4. And I, I know it's always debatable, like everyone this perspective, or some people like boxer movers, but he fought my fight all night. I felt like he was trying to get to the decision and get the, um, you know, get the the home, I don't want to say hometown, but I don't want to knock anybody, but I thought he was just trying to get the final bell, get the decision, whereas I was trying to push the fight, get him out of there, and I knew that I was kind of going up against it being uh, in his hometown, so I thought I fought, I thought I was the aggressor, I thought I did what I had to do, and I don't know, I scored it for myself 6-4. Oh, I actually scored the, the fight 6-4, to four, um, but my 6-4 to four score was solely on the fact that there was a lot of cut-ups in that video. Like there was some, there were some parts of that video that there were six or seven seconds missing in rounds. Yeah, what a coincidence, right? So, like those, some of those rounds that I did give you lessies were those rounds that had these cut-ups in it. So yeah, like that's such a strange thing to go through and do. It's like, but I know that there's big chunks missing because, like. My big overhand right that I scored right next to the bell, right before the bell, I clipped him like bad. I have footage of it, but where is it on that footage, you know? So I can tell that they went through and clipped out a bunch of stuff, and it's just kind of like, you got the time for that, man? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever makes you happy. I mean, you're not going to change the decision now, so. Well, no, exactly. You got Uh-oh. Where'd Luke go? I'm good. I'm not talking. Oh. Um, what bothered me most about what, what this guy is saying is that we, we just witnessed one of the best fights in Canada this year, probably in the last few years between yourself and Ulysses. And the only thing that's going to happen from this guy shitting on it is that it's just going to take away from the fight. Like all the, all the focus should be on the, the absolute performance that you guys put on in the ring lot in that, that night. Like you guys left it all, all in the ring. You guys put it all on the line, and uh, for a guy to come out and say that it was a it was a, a blatant robbery is ridiculous. Let's just start there, and for him not to give you credit on on a well fought fight is a is a shame in my opinion. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, we are in the ring. He is, you know, typing about it, so I don't really care what he says and. And I don't need to give him any any spotlight right now either. You know, get in and fight. If you have a big opinion, go show your opinion with your actions, and then I'll care about what you say. Short of that, I couldn't care less. And you know what? That was a good fight, man. Ulysses is like Eve is tough, man. That was like back and forth, and I thought it was like I was I was concerned going to the judges and the decision, but. I thought that I pushed the pace, man. I thought I thought it was like uh, back and forth, but I thought I was landing the bigger punches. I know I hurt him a couple times. Uh, I am bleeding early. Um, you know, just the jab was effective. Everything I was doing seemed to be working. So I thought um, that's a good fight. And if they want to do it again, they want to do a rematch, then I'm open to it. Let's see the offer because the one that they, uh, I. I the one that has been kind of sent my way is not even worth considering, and I was kind of thinking that they're doing that so that they're going to get the response no from me, and then they're going to publicly put that I 
denied the offer. But I mean, when you have one fight, the next fight you're supposed to excel. You're supposed to get like more. It's supposed to be a bigger show. It's not supposed to be less. It's supposed to be, you know, escalating, not declining. So um, if you guys see in the near future that Steve turned down an offer for a rematch, the reason, the only reason is because I didn't like the offer. And I have many, many. I know I'm in the driver's seat right now. I have a bunch of options that I can kind of go over, and I'd love. I'll I'll do the rematch. Send me something worth it. Let's do it again. They want to do. They were talking about on the Lemieux Saunders undercard in like five weeks. Let's go. You want to do a ten rounder again? I'm ready. And let's see if it's a real offer, please, because this is a big HBO show. I mean, that should be you know should speak for itself. What kind of the the like magnitude of the fight. You know, it's a big undercard, big show should be going up, not down. Yeah, I agree. Did he did he do anything during that fight that he surprised you with? Um, not surprised. Like he, I, I got to give credit to his skill. He switched southpaw. He, he moved well. His feet were good. Um, he let the hands go pretty well. He was strong with his lead hand. Um, there was a couple times where he's little bit of the stiff stiff arm and I knew the ref was kind of not you know favoring me as much as he said that it was a fair shake watching the fight I'm like where's the warning man but no complaints this fight and uh, I think Eves did a good job boxing moving nice little he, he had some good body work he did um, he cut the angles nice he didn't let me I had a couple moves I wanted to use on him. He didn't let me do, and you know, all respect to him. That was a good fight. So the, there was a very interesting picture that I seen after the fight. Is you kneeled down in front of a chair with the belt turned, with the shiny side down. What was going through your head at that moment? A lot. I mean, that's when you've been through tough spots in boxing. You think about. Like, finally I got a decision that went my way. I mean, I've had two times where I told, like, I completely believe that I won the fight and gave it to the other guy. And it's a matter of perspective. And that's why all these guys complaining, coming out of the woodwork, talking, oh, Steve lost and this and that. Change, the, change history. Go back and change it. Because uh, if you know how, then help me out too. Because I have two where I had that. And um, I guess it was just overwhelming after the fight. Like, so much work it's me and my coach we put in we put in so many hours in the gym it's just us and like i think that that picture i really like that picture because it, i just finally it took me like an hour to get back upstairs and then i finally get to do my little have a little space to myself and my coach kind of held space for me and he just he just sat down and like i know that he's there and it's just like an emotional moment after relief but like what's next and you're like i can't believe i did it i can't believe this happened there's so many different feelings and it's like just take a sec kind of realize let it all go and just uh that moment of peace did you shed some manly tears yeah i shed a couple manly tears. yes see tanner <laughs> fuck you men can cry fuck you tanner men can cry yeah, yeah. Ah. When, when so much is on the line it's like i'm like talking normally but my you know, waterworks are happening because it's just an emotional response. It's not so much that you're, yeah, I mean, it just, that, your body's like, whew, relief. I think it's almost a release more than it is uh, happiness or 
sadness is just like going through this emotional roller coaster up and down, get ready for the fights. Everybody speaking French. No, I didn't get any translator. And then like they surprised me. They like, come do this like drug test. I'm like, why didn't you tell me like when I was <laughs> before I started wrapping my hands like just little things and it's all these little surprises and there's hometown advantage not hometown advantage it's just you're going up against adversity if you fight somebody else hometown every time i go to the washroom people are yelling at me and i got my headphones in I'm like can't hear you man like <laughs> but you know what you're up against and then get booed and cheered against it's kind of motivating i think that you can use it and as long as you get in that mindset backs against the wall it's like we gotta go against everybody it's almost a good place to be in you know they say burn the boats and just go all out I felt like um, that was the spot that I was in. So it's a um, character-building experience, and I'm pretty happy with the way that it turned out, but not too happy because I could have performed even better. Well, Steve, where's the belt? I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> nice coffee cup. Steve, Steve's drinking out of a coffee cup. Where'd you get that? The, the boss. boss. <laughs> It was a gift. I yeah. wouldn't buy it myself. It was a gift. <laughs> lies. They're all lies. <laughs> Let's see that belt. All right. I got it right here for you. There it is. Nice. That's a wonderful looking belt. Uh oh. <laughs> Takes out the computer. There you go. Yeah, nice. That's nice. IBF North American. That's like, I like it because they keep it clean. Uh, there's not too many add-ons for you know this, you know all these extra letters for this sanctioning body, this branch of this region. It's nice to have one that's pretty official. And I think um, first of a uh, many more. So in a perfect world, what's next? Um, big fight against somebody in the top 15 in the world. I mean, I thought like a, we're talking like a John Molina fight. Uh, I think we got the offer a little while ago, but it was in during the time I was already in camp for this fight. So we're going to, you know, rehatch that one, see if we can get it. Um, or like... I mean, I'd like to fight like Ricky Burns, or he. I think he's one ahead of me on the box rack, which is, you know, anybody anybody above me would be. That's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to advance. I'm trying to go up, um, and then you know, down the road. Also, the rematch. If these guys want the rematch, then send me a real offer, and I'd be happy to, you know, let's do it again. They, they're talking about putting on the Lemieux Saunders on the card. That's in like five weeks. Let's let's go. I'm ready because I think that they're just testing the waters to see if I'll I'll accept. So I mean, send me a real offer. Let's do it. I'm good to go in five weeks. I was in the gym today. So right now you're back. It says you're ranked number twenty on BoxRack. Is that is that right? That's that's yeah. what I'm seeing. I don't know if they've changed it, but yeah. So. Boxrack is very official as well, so I feel like that's um, that, that's pretty good. Number 20. I figured with winning that belt, you'd be in the top 15. Obviously, you're number one in Canada. 
Yeah, I think um, this fight, that will, that, this was the battle for it, I guess, right? This was like, who's best at light welterweight? And then, I guess by IBF, I'm top 15. And then by WBA, I'm top 20. By WBC, I don't know where I stand, but WBO, I think I'm also top 20. So pretty much any sanctioning body, any ratings you're looking at, I'm sitting in the top 20 in the world, which is like, that's pretty cool. I've been working a long time for that, so... Feels pretty good. Yeah, no kidding. That's a it's a, a pretty cool stat to add to your resume. Like when you're when you're done and you hang it all up. Like let's say this is a, as far as you get, but in reality it's not. But you can tell your kids and your grandkids. I was top twenty in the world. That's cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's like, like boxing's been funny for me. It's like I woke up one day and I was like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life been a fighter since I was a kid kind of goes like I think that's a good thing as well you just kind of think day to day and then focus on improving a little bit at a time and then all of a sudden you're top 20 in the world so uh, I'm I'm happy I'm grateful I want to do more I'm hungry to um, keep pushing it I want to really see what I can do I'd love to go for the IBF title and I mean um, I'd love to spark up some interest in some of these young guys who are coming up from Calgary and around in Canada. That's like, it's not far away, man. It's right there. So you can do it. And I like uh, everything that comes with the spot that I'm in. Yeah. yeah. So what the hell was I going to ask? You know, I can't remember. I just had a brain fart. Fuck. <laughs> you're having a big, uh, you're throwing a big, you're throwing a big uh, party tomorrow night. Down in Calgary? Mini party. Mini party. A mini but, party. Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, those guys might, <laughs> some of my guys might get out of hand, but we'll see where it, we'll see where it takes off. So it, you have to enjoy, like, it, it was tough. Actually, it's funny because I feel like the life of a fighter is constant discomfort, and you always kind of, you got a like pressure of a fight coming up. You have like hard training every single day of your life. You have like all these different opinions about you and what you can and can't do. And so it's constant discomfort. So then after the fight, I always have a tough time like accepting it and kind of like settling down because yeah, I did it. Like it was all worth it. And so I think I'm kind of like forcing myself like, yeah, have get good friends together, have a little um, victory thing, you know. Have it'll be fun for everybody too. And then I'm kind of just realizing all the all that comes with it. So yeah, I give myself like you know the, the ability to be comfortable with it is kind of a, a strange feeling for a fighter. I think. Well, hopefully you don't get the real offer tomorrow because then your party will be you, you'll be. <laughs> All right, well, I'm back at her, man. I can't afford to have a party now. But if you get it on Saturday, you'll be like, shit, that was – okay, it's hard at her now. Can't can't regret last night. But hey, I, you. <laughs> I, I may be hanging out and partying with everybody, but I'm I'm still in camp because I don't really – I don't know. I'm not taking any steps backwards. So yeah. they give me the call while I'm out hanging out. Let's do it. I mean, this is what – this is like the only thing I know how to do. So yeah. Whenever it comes, I'll be ready. That's a thing, man. I mean, you know, for somebody like myself, uh, you know, I've had a business and, and sometimes I catch that flack like, oh, you're always working or whatever, right? Like I'll answer my phone if it's something to do that I that I want to talk about work, work like on a weekend or on it, you know, 
at an event, you know, or whatever, and you, you answer the work and you're doing it. Same thing when you're when you're fighting. It's like you've you've got to be always on. Like you're always working. You're always training. You're always setting yourself up. If you go out and you drink and party all night and eat a bunch of shitty food, well, you ain't going to be able to perform the next day. So then you're kind of like, well, what's the point of that, right? Like, is it really worth it? Not really. Not in the big picture scheme of things. You just lost two days because you wanted to go out and, and um, eat caviar already. You ain't, you ain't number one yet. You're not doing that. I know that. And you ain't doing it when you're number one either. So... Yeah, it's a matter of self-discipline. And I like in my younger life, to tell you the truth, I didn't have like half the discipline that I have now. And I think that the harsh world of boxing kind of instilled that on me. It's like you can't get caught like slipping from your training because that's when the opportunities find their way to you. And it's like you kind of have to be on all the time. You don't want to live like you need to have your downtime. You need to reset, but having that little like edge you just knowledge that you could fight and you're ready you're in camp it's like it's weird it's like it's mental you know compartmentalization so you put everything here but to be able to still like have the switch i can flip it on right now i can i can get ready for a fight right now and i'm also relaxing completely and enjoying my my victory and sitting back but I know, I think until I'm retired, I'll probably be this way. And, I mean, it's just a balance. Everything's a balance. So it wasn't too long ago that you were on the Facebooks. And, uh, well, before that, you fought for that ripoff of a WWE promotion, Dakota, in Calgary. And then uh, you were campaigning hard for, for fights. You said you'd fight anybody. Like, you, you were really wanting fights. You're trying to get fights. We're dealing with luchadors calling you out that are 230 pounds that are wrestlers. And it was, it was craziness. But there was no there, there was no fight. And then all of a sudden, a big fight. Yeah. Keep asking, you shall receive, I guess. Just keep, keep knocking at the door and then, like, start banging on the door and then just start kicking the door in. <laughs> because... It's like I've been doing this for so long. I've been professional since I was 19 years old. And then sometimes it's crazy to look back and it's like how many ups and downs I've had. And I just think that if you want your spot, you have to go and take it. Nobody's going to give it to you. So even right now, I'm in a good spot, but I will have to work for fights. And not being signed by a promoter means that I'm open to negotiations and I'm also hungry to get in the mix like uh, i'd love to work with some of these top promoters and see what i can you know see what i can do with this career of mine so would you be open to signing a contract with a promoter then yeah 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 yeah. because if it's um it's the right contract if it's the right deal it's like why not they put you on on a path they give you consistent like all of my career i never had a consistent schedule just go off, on, off, on, and it's like you kind of have to manage yourself um, during the early stage of career. Now I actually have a great team, so, like, my manager, Max, like, tells me, okay, be ready, like, around these times. My coach, Vlad, is like, we're in camp right now. It's like each guy, there's, like, I have somebody for my uh, fight negotiations, somebody for in the gym, and... I mean, just good people aligned, so I finally found myself in a good spot. And, um, I mean, that's no discredit to anybody who started me up and built me up in my 
early career, just the way that life goes, especially boxing life is all over the place. What's Vlad, what's Vlad like in the gym? Best, like it's, uh, he's, he's like a mix of, you know, the general that you don't want to cross, you never go against and you will always listen to and he has your back during wartime. And then like kind of father figure where he's like cares about you. Like if you got like a sore back, he'll like bring in all the the equipment that you need to like fix yourself up and make sure you're good. Like he'll, anything you need, he's got you. So it's a perfect mix. And I think that um, his love of the sport of boxing really shows inside and outside of the gym. And it's like, that's the guy that I want in my corner, especially when there's, you know, things I remember so in the remember when I fought the Robles fight um, last September, and I remember when I was about to walk out to the ring, we had just like I don't know if there was like a rush going on, and I just got the gloves late, and we only had one like wrap them up quick, and we had to get ready, and then I'm like walking out to the ring, and I'm like my hand is like completely numb, and I'm like shit, like everything, oh man, like I, I'm like what am I gonna do? I started panicking. And I was like, not panicking, but like you get this little snowball of doubt or something's wrong. And I'm like, I'm like, coach, like, what do I do? And he like just kind of grabs me. He's like, don't worry about that now. And it was just, that's not even an issue. And then from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm not going to think about that. And then completely forgot about it. And just to have somebody there who's so rock solid, like not, he doesn't shake when the pressure's on. It's like in the middle of the heat of battle, he's cool. And it's like, that's the kind of guy... It's like an intellectual warrior. This is the kind of guy that you want in your corner and on your team. So yeah. I think it's good. I say, he, stri- he strikes me as a serious guy too. Like he's he's not he's not out there cracking jokes during during training very often, is he? No, yeah, but but I mean he has fun. Coach, yeah. <laughs> Coach has fun. We have a good time, and everybody in the gym is like a good close knit family, boxing family, and we have fun, man. We always do. I, I think he's got that right right in the middle, right in the middle, and that's yeah. what you need. He's an old school one. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I look at the same thing with Milan, right? Like, he's you see him there, and he's always just so serious. And you're like, did I just piss him off or not? Like, are we good? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're good. It's like, okay, good. All right. You know, so, no, nah, he's he's uh, he's always been like that. I've only had a chance to talk to him a few times in, in corners and stuff like that. But he's he's always on point, and he's got your guys' best interest at, at heart, I think, all the time. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. I was just curious. It's always nice to know what they're like, uh, you know, behind the scenes right yeah it's like well, i'll just tell you this if you ever go to battle you ring glad you'll be feeling good <laughs> simple <laughs> simple um so there was a bunch of videos that you were putting out before the fight they were amazing who did those ah module creative agency those are my guys so they are they we have teamed up and we started working together making some great videos and there is um they were around for the fight. They came to Montreal. And so we have some great footage. We have some counter footage for that uh, chopped and screwed footage that they they posted. So Because we have the real stuff. And, um, yeah, I think today or tomorrow I'll have a, a big video coming out and kind of cover everything from behind the scenes before the fight and give a nice little snippets of the fight and I, I already know it's going to be amazing because these guys do great work so those are my guys those are my video guys were they the same guys that did that video where you were 
rolling up in your car and then you get out of the gym and you go in and you do your stuff and then you come out and then you take away in your, in your car again yeah same guys yeah that was because i remember that video that was cool looking video i was like damn that's slick man wasn't very long like minute minute 15 or something like that but it was it was nice yeah amazing how cool how cool you can look walking if they just slow down the pace <laughs> just go in slow-mo you look cool everywhere <laughs> That's a, that's what they did with David Hasselhoff and Baywatch. Yeah, I guess there's many there's many <laughs> ways to use this trick. <laughs> so you have a pretty cool car, though. What are you driving? Well, that one was the GTR, but I mean, have you seen outside? You need you need like winter car. You need like I don't know. I got I got I got a little something. <laughs> You got a little something, or is it like a big something? Yeah, I got a, I got something for the roads. I got something for dealing with this stuff out here. So you have two vehicles? I have one vehicle. Or you just trade that thing in? Well, this, this, there's details behind the scenes. That car was amazing. The last time I seen it, it was amazing. Yeah, it's a beast. <laughs> it's a beast. But, I mean, well, yeah. You gotta have wintertime car. You gotta have summertime car. Yeah, see, I just I just drive a Ford F one fifty. It gets me around in the summer and the winter. It's an all terrain vehicle. And there you go, covering everything. Good to go. <laughs> yeah. Luke drives a van. I was I was waiting for that. I was like, I'm waiting for the minivan comment. Get fucked. It's not a minivan. It's an SUV that looks like a minivan. Okay. <laughs> Get anywhere, bring all your supplies. I think it's a bonus. Exactly. I got it. I got it. Seven kids I can get in there, plus hockey equipment and gym bags. <laughs> Screw you, Tanner. Do you know what SUV stands for, Luke? Shut up. I don't know. I can't think of something funny with a V. <laughs> stands for a simply useless vehicle. There you go. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, man. I got a lot of room in there. I can get everything in there. You know, when I had my big truck before, Frick, you'd get kids in there with car seats, and it had no room for nothing in there, you know, and I I couldn't haul anything. You'd go to put your gym bag in there. It's like, well, this sucks. You put, you know, got kids' school bags in there. You try to go on vacation. You can't fit nothing in there. I'm like, this is a nightmare. So I like it. What's it doing there for weather? Because it's snowing here right now. I just looked outside and there's a friggin' blizzard. Yeah, it's, we got snow here in Red Deer. God damn it. Yeah, and we got it here in Calgary too. It's time. It's winter time. It's hit. Driving down there tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to that. Oof. So for everybody that's listening, we're doing this show from Swift Current, Saskatchewan, to Calgary, Alberta, to Red Deer, Alberta. So we're, we're crossing provinces right now, which is kind of fun. Like I can still connect with mm-hmm. everybody and, and and talk over Skype, get to see Steve's fantastic belt and talk with him because he's always an interesting cat. But uh, other than Steve being a fighter, he's actually a pretty smart dude. So I know you like to read books. What book are you reading right now? Uh, I... I... I read a book called The Art, uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Not The Art of War, but I read this book um, often before fights. I kind of reread it and just because it's, a, it's about creative expression. So the battles of resistance and all this other stuff that you're going to face when you 
prepare for any sort of event or to express your artistic ability. So this could be in the sense of a painter, a, you know, it could be a business meeting or it could be a fighter. So I like to look through, you know, I, I'm just finishing reading this one again. Um, but that You was, have read that before though, haven't you? Yeah, skims. I, I mean, I've, I've read it many times, but I always go back and kind of like reread it. I'm also reading a book called Psycho-Cybernetics um, by Dr. Maltz. And this is a whole book on self-image and self-development and the way that you see your perspective of yourself is what kind of person that you are and what kind of things you'll attract in your life. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think anything mentality, anything about um, health, nutrition, um, anything about like the science, the sports science of that, this stuff always like super interesting to me. And then I guess... When it comes time to fight, I think about creative battles. I read The Art of War, the other one, and I think about real battles. I think about getting your mind right, ready to fight. And I mean, I think that a person who reads is constantly expanding, and if not, you are contracting. So you might as well keep uh, keep up the good work and develop as opposed to, yep. you know, decline. Our status quo. We uh, we talked about that book the last time you were on the podcast, actually, because uh, I've read that book as well. The art, the the War of Art. There's a there's a there's a sequel to that book too, right? What's it called? I think it's called the 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 War of Art too. Is number I'm two? Not, I'm sure I've seen number two because I read number one one day. I was at the float shack, like in Red Deer, right, doing one of those um uh like salt salt bath like the float the deprivation tanks right. and i came out and i came out after and it was it was one of the first times that i did it and i sat down just trying to collect myself out, out in the lobby and they had a whole bunch of books and i just that was the first book i saw it's not very big and i picked it up and i started reading it and i was like damn this book's good and yeah. <laughs> next thing you know an hour went by like i just sat there just reading this book and matthew the owner of the shop's like do you got anywhere to be i'm like what? And he's like, you've been here for an hour reading that book. I'm like, this book's freaking good. He's like, just take book. it with you. Just take it with you and bring it back. I was like, well, do I got to go? He's like, no, you're welcome to stay. But if you got shit to do and you, you know, take the book. So I took it and, and finished it. And then, uh, yeah, I went to look for it and I found, I found the sequel. So, nice. I mean, I, I yeah. love the book. I think there's lots of good stuff in there. And then actually another book that I'm reading is the athlete's mind. It's done by this guy who, uh, he had ties with the Chicago Bulls back in the Jordan era. He talks about all sorts of like getting in the zone, the like just kind of like what kind of state you got to be in. And another one, I see I'm, I'm scattered all the time because I read multiple books at the same time, but I'm reading The Rise of Superman by Stephen Kotler as well. And then that one was interesting because before the fight, they, they go over like triggers. Like, you can kind of trigger yourself to get into the zone or, like, emotional triggers, physical triggers, and there's all these different things. And then when I was warming up for the fight, I was kind of exercising them, and I found myself in a good spot. And then the tricky part is that it, your mentality is constantly free-flowing, so you get in the zone, and then all of a sudden you get out of the zone, and you notice it, and then you try and go back in. You can't really force it, and then you just kind of use these little triggers to get yourself back in there and... Um, then when you're in state, I guess you could call it, that's when you perform. So if you can, even like before this fight, I was like, I will be in state by the time I step out to the ring, I will be in state. While I'm warming up before the fight, I will be in state. And I think that's an important thing for fighters too, like 
everyone thinks about what am I going to do in the fight? What, how, how about this? How about that? It's like, how about how are you going to feel when you're walking up to the ring? Because that has a big impact on how you perform. So if you can get your mind right going into the ring, literally walking down the stairs, maybe in Montreal getting booed and screamed at and like grabbed at, but uh, maybe in your hometown when you have equal amount of pressure and all your guys are cheering for you and everybody is, you know, on your side, how is your mind going to be? You know, can you sit there and be like, I'm ready to fight, I'm ready to fight. There will be little doubts of, uh, little snowballs of doubt that try and like build and stop you but can you squash them before they turn into anything because i think that is ultimately what's gonna um determine whether or not you can perform the night of the fight so mental games everything and these kind of books i really i love them like i think that is like it's really something that you can advance your game with and just get your mind right and at the end of the day everybody know everybody who's in boxing knows that it's a lot of physical but it's like even more mental because I've seen the best guy in the best shape, and he just folds on fight night. And he just the way in got him spooked, or like the opponent got him spooked, or gets in his head, or the crowd, or whatever it is. And some guys just can't perform when uh, when the lights go on. And I think that that's um, an art form to be able to target that exact moment in time, get your mind ready, and prep for that just as much as you prep your body to do what you got to do. There's yeah. a there's a level of being crazy to it too. Sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the amount of the many the the amount of nights that I've spent just kind of like looking, thinking, and just even as like a young kid, I remember like sitting outside of the gym, I like look up at the sky, I think about what if I can do this, and it's like what comes next, and you always you always try during this camp. Actually, I remember everyone. I was, try- I was trying to, like, think about how is the fight going to go down? How about this? What about this? And it's like, I should build this. And I think halfway through the camp, I was like, you know what? Just go and focus day to day. Do the right thing. Work towards the right goal. And it's like, everything will piece together as long as you're targeted towards the right thing. And just focus it and kind of uh, stra- strategically, like, improve your game. But don't try and force the exact image because a lot of times that's tough to do. It's like... Uh, one time I had a psychic, my psychic actually, um, tell me know when to draw your sword. You don't always have to get in there and battle with every little bit. And that could be a person, it could be enemies in the crowd, it could be you know, rival fans, it could be internal conflict. So what you're thinking about is like, ah, I can't get the vision that I want. Oh, I, every time I close my eyes, I'm thinking, but then I, I see myself losing. Oh, every time I, what if he hits me with this? Put down your sword. You don't have to battle that time. You can kind of toss it aside, get back to your work, and then guess what? Positive uh, visions and ideas are going to come your way once you start working towards it. Do your physical. Do your, do your workouts. Do your things that you got to do, and then the rest will follow as long as you're working on that path. Makes sense to me. Smart shit. Mental game, right? The mental game is, is 80% of the fight, I think. Like, Obviously, there's a lot of training and, and a lot of knowledge that you need to know going in going into a, a fist fight. But uh, on the opposite side of that, if you can't go in there with your mind right, you are up shit's creek. Oh, kidding. Yeah. And it's like there's external. Like you can be cool inside, and then what happens when you 
get all the external like when everybody else starts if it's like everybody's cool in the gym in their own gym or in their own house they're they're big dreamers i yeah i'm win the title do all this in my head and when you get there there's like oh there's the opposite energy as well everybody's coming to fight me so to be able to kind of be self-sufficient and hold your own even in the heat of battle i think it's like Come together, man. After I've had 31 professional fights now, which is pretty crazy to think back. And it's like how many times I've like went up and down and like learned the stuff that I've learned through so many battles. I think it's now coming together and with a good team. It's like boxing is actually a family sport. <laughs> it's you need your gym guys, you need your team. You go in there by yourself, but you need people behind you. You can't do it on your own. No. What's it like being in the gym with uh, that big, big calf guy, Dwayne Lewis? He's got the biggest calf of all time. <laughs> yeah, deep bomb. Yeah. Dwayne, awesome, man. Dwayne, Dwayne is the meanest looking dude with the nicest attitude. He's like this, like just a, genu- a genuine guy. He's a great guy to have in the gym. I was even telling Coach about that the other day. I'm like, I love having Dwayne here, man. He's just motivating, he's all positive. He's also a beast. <laughs> it's like, it's just the kind of guy that you want. You want to have a bunch of bad dudes in there who will back each other up if it ever came down to it, and have the right kind of winning mentality. And I think he fits the mold perfectly. So shout out to Dwayne because he's an awesome guy and great teammate. How's he doing from from his last uh, last match up there? Has he um, been back at the gym yet? Uh, he was in the next day, like he was. Yeah, in- I figured that. Yeah, he's. Yeah, after like, no problem. He's like, I understand. Like he's pissed, obviously. He's not happy yeah. with it, but that's the game. And when you're a veteran like that, you know, okay. Sometimes it goes like this. Sometimes it goes like that. And he bounced back. Like I remember, even I guess because they have to kind of test you for like concussion or whatever after the fight. And he's like, <laughs> this guy was counting back from from a hundred faster than I could. Like he's just all his wits were good. He's got no problem back in the gym right away. Hungry again. He wants to redeem it. So um, he will redeem it because his mind's right. Good. That's good to hear. That fight when when they said it, it made me nervous because like obviously we have a relationship with Lee and Dwayne. Um, I I had said the fight was gonna go either which way Lee can, if Lee gets him in the first minute of the first round that's when it's going to end but if Dwayne can get out of the first round Dwayne will finish it in the second but the, the, if you actually sit down and watch the fight it's not a very technical fight coming from Lee no. like, where where Dwayne was trying to box him and, and it, it it was a brawl and yeah you get hit by a 250 pound guy it's usually lights out right and then it's just tough to recover when you get hit that hard from somebody that big and i mean shout out to lee lee's awesome yeah. I, I have nothing but good i have nothing but great things to say about lee he's always been a good guy and then yeah. like this fight i knew i was i mean it was tricky because this is a fight where if somebody lands something that's it if either of these guys land punch that's could be the end of the fight and i think Dwayne, he waited a little bit you gotta get underneath those punches you got hit with the i mean Lee's not the most technical, but he can bang and he can throw and he, he throws left, right, left, right, left, right, big hooks, hard punches. It's like I I wanted to I'm like get underneath, man. You got hit with the left, it comes after the right. 
Like, <laughs> just go. But it's tough when you're in there, man. Lee came out hard, looking to win. Didn't give him a chance to settle. Caught him a little bit cold. And I was like, if that was his game plan, perfect. And then um, just finished him, finished strong. And I mean, Wayne tried to counter, but he should have rolled under. And it's just like, should, coulda, woulda, who cares? This is a fight. And then um, props to Lee for getting it done. Yeah. That's been Lee's game plan for the last 76 years. <laughs> yeah, go for it. All out. Yeah. Lee's yeah. one of the... He's one of the good guys in the sport, though. So, all respectfully, I like to make fun of him a lot because he's like fifty-three and still fighting. But Jesus Christ, he can bang. Yeah, he, he can bang. He is a tough dude. So I, I got nothing but great things to say about Lee. I hope, I hope they. I mean, I don't know if they'll do a rematch, but like some these kinds of guys, they'll just love to fight. It was funny because they were talking to each other on Facebook before the fight, sending like, "Hey, like, let's get it, let's get going on, buddy." And like, sending like a smiling face, and like they're like friends. They're the most polite guys, but then I knew as soon as they get in there, man, they are gonna let them go. Yeah, yeah. It's very funny to see two really, really nice guys who will kill you if you step out of line, and then they go head to head fight each other. That is always interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because you're right, because both of them don't, like, they are the nicest guys. They'll help you with anything. They'll talk to you. Like, I was talking to Lee five weeks before that down to Medicine Hat, and he's like, yeah, they offered me, um, you know, to fight against Dwayne. And I was like, nah, I need to seriously train for that, blah, blah, blah. And literally three days later, he's like, well, and he's like, yeah, and, and they, because he was supposed to fight Anton, right? And he's like, well, they got Anton. I'm like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm 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 getting ready for winter. I'm gonna just eat and you know or whatever. And then literally three days later, well, I'm fighting Dwayne. I was like, quickly, <laughs> like he just said three days ago, it's too close. And now you're fighting him. It's like, well, they needed him. You know, they they need they need an opponent. I'll step up. Like it's time to go. I'm like all right, man, That's get it, get fight. her done. That's a real fighter. Just anybody, anybody can get it. Let's do it. That's why I got respect for him. Yeah. Here's a question for you, Steve. Are you going to get an S-Dragon clothing line going? We need it. Yeah, I will. We need it. I, I really, I mean, everybody needs jackets and hoodies right now, so maybe that's what's next. I'd love to do the S-Dragon clothing line. And actually, I've been in talks with a couple um, people who want to, like, partner up and be like, let's, you know some guys who wanted to contribute to either they have clothing shops already or something like that but i would love to do that so it's in the future for sure i want an s dragon hat yeah let's make those i still want my goddamn shirt <laughs> you never asked me for one i'll send you one yeah we did we came down there tyler tyler met up with you and then you forgot the shirts you don't remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what's I up. <laughs> I gave him like nine Spice of Life podcast shirts. Uh, never seen him wear one. I wear them for the workouts. Yeah, come down. Next time you come down, I got a shirt for both of you guys. I got one. For you. <laughs> yeah, you know, we love you, Steve. <laughs> I just got to bust your chops. Yeah. Actually, I'm coming to Calgary tomorrow, but I, I, I won't have a ton of time. I'm coming down, coming back. I'm just meeting one guy and, and, and doing some stuff quick and then heading back. But uh, I'll try to make it down there one of these days. You said Tuesday, Thursday is always your free day, right? Yeah, because I'm still free-ish. Yeah, I'm still teaching guys. So I'm like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm 
create the crazy schedule. So Tuesday, Thursday, best days. So when you come in town, give me a shout, and then we can get together for sure. For sure. Well, we'll get you out of here today, Steve. But uh, shout out everybody that helps you, your sponsors, your gym, your coaches, your training partners, all that. Well, I'll give first shout out to Vlad because he's the man. Shout out to Module, Module Creative Agency because they do the best work. Rival Boxing for hooking me up with everything. Momentum Health, West Springs for like fixing me when the machine is broken. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, there's, there's a long list. But let's just say thanks to those guys. Thanks to CSN Telcor Collision and Repair. Those guys are always behind me. And uh, thanks to everybody at Southpaw Boxing Gym because that is the gym. And my team is Team Golden Stars. So everybody, they know who they are. Shout out to those guys because without them, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be so successful because you need a team behind you. And uh, These guys are there for me all the way. And I'm there for them just the same. So thank you, everybody. Right on. Thanks for coming on, Steve, as always. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's chat soon. 100%. And congratulations again on the win. And your family here on the Spice Life Podcast, was there any bullshit going online? You tell me and I'll fuck them up ver- verbally, internetly. I don't give a shit. You don't fuck with the <laughs> dragon. Sounds good to me, bud. All right, brother. Thanks, Steve. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. Oh, shit. I just hung up on Luke.